what is the worst storm that you have ever experienced? Allow me to share with you the worst storm that I ever encountered. My parents took my siblings and I to Orlando, Florida on a vacation to enjoy Disney World and Universal Studios. And I remember getting off the plane and traveling uh, or going to get our rental car and then traveling to the hotel. When all of a sudden, a storm like none other just hit us when we were on the freeway. It felt like rain was coming from every direction. It felt like it was coming not only from above, but from beneath and from the sides. The wind was blowing. Hail started coming down. People started moving to the shoulder. And it was a very, very anxious time. Later on, we had learned that we were uh, kind of in the midst or, or very near a hurricane. And I praise God that we made it out safe. Nature storms have a way of, of building anxiety and fear in us. And one of the reasons we get so anxious and we become afraid is because we are forced to, to deal with an uncomfortable situation. We're, we're forced to, to think about uh, things that we don't want to think about. We're forced to, to think about change. We're, we're forced to think about even death. We're forced to realize that we are not in control. That something that we don't want to happen can easily happen. There's a parallel between natural storms or nature storms and spiritual storms. There's an old adage or an old saying that goes like this. It says that there are three types of people. There are those who are currently in a storm, those who are just leaving a storm. Am I right about it? Or those who are simply heading towards a storm. Even as we sit here right now, there are you, you fall in one of three categories for spiritual storms. Trials and tribulations are sure to occur. And just like natural storms, spiritual storms have, have a way of naturally making us anxious. Naturally invoking worry in us. Naturally making us feel insecure. When there's a Storm, a physical storm, what do we do? We, we run for refuge. We seek comfort. We pray for protection. The same occurs when there's a spiritual storm. We look for a coping mechanism. We run for refuge. We seek cover. We want to be as comfortable as we possibly can while the storm is going on. But you know, there are some storms that catch us off guard. There are some storms that are so massive that they cause us to question whether or not God really cares about us. 
There are some trials and some tribulations that just catch us off guard so till, till we say, Lord, do you care that I am perishing? Lord, why are you sleeping while I am suffering? This question comes from the pew to the pulpit in times of massive storms. In Mark chapter 4, verses 31, 35, excuse me, through 41, we see Jesus, after having a, a busy day of ministering, he tells his disciples, he says, let's go and let's go to the other side. So they go across the sea. They are leaving the crowd. Jesus is tired. And all of a sudden, the, the disciples are met with a windstorm, with a, a massive storm. The waves were breaking into the boat. Water was coming onto the boat. And the disciples asked the same question that some of you are asking here this morning. Lord, do you care that I am perishing? As Jesus was in the hole of the ship, the Bible says that he was asleep on a cushion while his disciples were suffering. There's someone here today who has that same question lingering in their mind. You, you haven't voiced it to anyone, but you, you are wondering, God, do you care that I am lonely? Father, do you care that arthritis is crippling me? Father, do you care that my child is still wayward? Lord, Lord, do you care that I've been fighting with this flesh issue for so long? Father, do you care that I, that I am grieved every time I walk through the doors of my place of employment? Lord, do you care that my marriage is disappointing me? And today, God is going to answer that question. Let's look at verse number 39. After they pose the question, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? It says, and he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. And he said to them, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Listen, there is one major point that I want you to know and I want you to, to write down. Because in the midst of life's storms, when we are tempted to question God, we, we need to know this. And this is what we need to know. Life storms stand no chance against concrete faith. God is trying to teach the disciples. Jesus is trying to teach the disciples that life's storms stand no chance against concrete faith. So the disciples ask Jesus, Lord, do you care? And, and notice how Jesus responds. He doesn't respond by saying, of course I care. But rather he responds by demonstrating his power. These were grown men. Many of them were fishermen. 
They had been acquainted with storms, but this storm just caught them off guard so much till they were questioning the affection of Christ. And and in order to answer their question, Jesus needs to teach them a lesson. And the lesson is that in, in the midst of your storm, don't question Christ's affection for you, but rather question your faith. Examine your faith in him. So how does Jesus get this point across? He gets this point across by standing up in the midst of a windstorm. When the waves are crashing, as the wind is blowing, as water is coming into the boat, the Bible says that he stands and he rebukes the sea. That word there in the Greek, the word rebuke is the same word that we see in Mark chapter 1 verse 35 when Jesus rebuked the demon and caused the demon to come out of a man. Jesus stands up and he says three words. And in just three words, the Bible says that there was a great calm in the sea. Now, sometimes we see this picture and we think that Jesus stood and he shouted, peace be still. But the Bible doesn't put this in an emphatic form. Jesus stood and he just spoke, peace be still. He didn't need to shout. He didn't need to get upset at the wind. All he had to do is speak the word. And I'm just speaking to someone here who thinks that Jesus is sleeping or slumbering while you're suffering. I'm just trying to encourage you today to stand with a concrete faith and know that all it takes is for Jesus to open his mouth. But while you're in the midst of the storm, have some faith in who he is. Psalm 89 verses 8 says this. Speaking of God, this is a psalm that Israel would have known and been acquainted with. It says, O Lord, God of hosts, who is mighty as you are. O Lord, with your faithfulness all around you, you rule the raging of the sea. When its waves rise, you steal them. Israel knew that God was the one who split the Red Sea in half. They knew that God was the one who could control the sea and control the storms. But Jesus was trying to teach the disciples that the same God in the Old Testament was with them now. Emmanuel was with them. And Jesus, just like God in the Old Testament, showed Israel that he was willing and able to calm the sea. And showing them that he is willing and able to calm the sea. Not just physical seas, but spiritual seas. Colossians chapter 1, verse 17 and 18 teaches us that all things were created by him. Who is him? By Jesus. And there was nothing created without him. And that he is holding all things together. Jesus did not stand up and say, hey, you can trust me or you can You should know that I care for you for all the things that I've already done. But rather, Jesus said, the issue that you have in the midst of this storm is is that you don't yet understand my power. See, when storms come and when we respond, which we all do, by questioning God, it's an issue of unbelief. See, unbelief leads to fear. 
And fear leads to unbalance. If you find yourself unbalanced today because of life storms, it's because right now there may be an area in your heart where there is unbelief. And the only thing that is going to fix that, the only thing that is going to allow you to have concrete faith is if you believe that Jesus is who we said he is. Is as if you believe that, that Jesus, number one, that he is on board with you. And number two, that there is no storm that he cannot bring peace to. Jesus is not Jonah. You remember Jonah? Old Testament prophet that was called by God to go to a place called Nineveh. A place where there were unbelievers. God gave him a message, a message of repentance. And the Bible says in Jonah chapter 1 around around verse 3 that instead of going to Nineveh, Jonah went to Tarshish, a resort. And he got on a boat. And when he got on a boat, he went down to the hull of the ship. And when he went down to the hull of the ship, he went to sleep. And the Bible says that a massive storm came. And the men on the ship started saying, wait a minute, this isn't no no regular storm. This is a supernatural storm. Somebody on board has been unfaithful to their God, and God is after them. And you guys remember how they began to question, and they found Jonah, and Jonah said, it is I. And they threw Jonah over the ship, and the ship or the storm ceased. Jesus is not Jonah. Jonah didn't care about the Ninevites. Jonah was faithless. But Jesus is not faithless. The Bible teaches us that that, that Jesus is the exact opposite of Jonah. That Jesus is is fully God, yet yet fully man. And that, that this God came to dwell with man. So when you are tempted to question whether or not God cares, I want you to remember Jesus is on board with you, not Jonah. Jesus will not leave you nor forsake you. And how do you know that? You know it by what Jesus did for you. Lord, do you care? God says, do I care? Do do you remember what I I did for you? Do, Do I care? Let me tell you how much I care. I cared so much that I saw that there was a problem between man and me. That your sin was separating me from you. I cared so much that I allowed my son to travel 42 generations save one. I cared so much that he he came on earth and he lived a life that you can never live for yourself in order to satisfy my wrath. I cared so much that I allowed him to take 39 stripes, save one. I allowed him to have a thorn, uh, uh, some thorns pressed on his head. I cared so much that I allowed him to travel the Via Della Rosa, the, the road of sorrow. I cared so much that I allowed a wooden cross to be placed on his back. I care so much that I allowed him to hang in the, in the middle of a day and, and I allowed people to mock him and curse. Do I care? I care so much that I allowed my precious son to be put in a borrowed tomb. I care so much that I didn't allow him to stay there. But on the third day, he rose with all power. While you're going through your storm, I just stop by to remind you that God cares more than anybody can ever care. 
do, do I, do I care? It didn't stop there. I cared so much that I allowed him to ascend into heaven. And he's now sitting at my right hand. And he is praying. He is interceding for you while you suffer. I care so much that one day he's coming back. Life storms stand no chance against concrete faith. The issue in a time of suffering is not Jesus' affection for us, but it's our faith. That's what this text teaches us as Jesus stopped the storm. He said to them, why are you so afraid? I like what uh, the NIV and King James Version says. He says, uh, why do you have such little faith? See, that's the issue. The Bible teaches us that God has given each of us a measure of faith. Romans chapter 12 verse 3. He gives us the faith that we need to place our faith and trust in him. This this measure as Mark, Matthew's account and Luke account talks about, it's, it's, it's like a mustard seed. And what God is saying is that you don't need to be some great spiritual leader uh, to move a mountain. But all you need to do is plant and exercise your faith. He says, and the mountain will be moved. God has given you faith just like God has given you muscle. But the way to get that muscle big is by exercising. It's by picking up some dumbbells. It's by doing some push-ups. See, when life storms come, God is giving you an opportunity to exercise your faith. And as you exercise your faith, your faith muscle will begin to grow. Jesus called them and he said, let us go to the other side. And Jesus is sovereign. He is the God of the storm. So he allowed them to go through the storm in order to teach them something about the storm. And that is that life storms don't stand a chance against your concrete faith. When you exercise your faith, when you throw out that mustard seed, God will allow that mountain to be moved. And he'll fix you for the storm. Paul talks about putting on the the shield of faith. When Satan tries to throw those those darts at you, you, you pick up your shield and you put on that shield of faith. Is your faith concrete while you suffer through this storm? Often when we go through storms, we are we are tempted to give up. We are tempted to, to run away. Fear makes us run away from God rather than, than to him. In August, the missionaries who went to Puerto Rico came back and, uh, in July. And in August, we had a, a service on a Wednesday night for them where they all shared their testimonies about what they experienced in Puerto Rico. And you all remember, because many of you were here, as a tornado threatened this area. There were some here who was anxious. We ran for cover in the back area here. And we waited to see what the Lord was going to do. Well, many people left. And as the night went on, and my wife and I and the bishops and some other 
a women stayed behind. We were waiting for the storm to go all the way away. So the bishops and us, we, we thought that the storm had, had ceased and the, the bishops made their way to the car when all of a sudden a windstorm came. The wind began to blow, the rain began to come. It was a, a frantic moment. All of a sudden you just kind of heard everybody screaming, everybody yelling and, and, and their children kind of let go of their hands and, and got a little frantic as children should do in a situation like that. But I'll tell you, a profound moment occurred as little Nate let go of Minister Nate's hand in the midst of the storm. And Minister Nate said, I, I asked him a question. I said, why did you let go of my hand? And he said, because I was afraid. And Minister Nate said, when you're afraid, don't run away from me. Run to me. In the midst of your storm, don't run away from God. Run to him. Don't try to find something or someone to help you cope. Run to Jesus. Don't doubt his word. Run to his word. Winston Churchill, he put it like this. He said, when you're going through hell, keep going. Thomas Edison said it like this. A sure way to fall off a bike is to stop pedaling. There's somebody in here who God is trying to get your attention today as you have kind of given up and said that life will always be like this. My marriage will always be like this. My loneliness will always be here. My pain will always be like this. I might as well find something to help me cope. And I just stop by to tell you, run to Jesus in the midst of your storm. Run to Jesus in the midst of your marriage disappointment. Run to Jesus in the midst of that hard, hard job. Run to Jesus while your wayward child is still in the streets. Run to Jesus when you, when you think that you're all alone. I'm telling you, don't stop pedaling. Don't stop pedaling when devil tells you to give up. Don't stop pedaling when the devil tells you that you'll never be nothing. Don't stop pedaling when the devil tells you that your life is worthless. I come to stop by to tell you that Jesus is able. You know that he's able. You know that he's able. My grandmother used to say that he's a way out of no way. That he's the bomb in Gilead. That he's a lawyer to the hurting. That he's a doctor in a sick room. He is. We can just say that he is the great I am. El Shaddai. Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah Shalom. He is the king of kings. The Lord of Lords. He is able. Don't you know that he's able? And he's worthy. He's worthy to be praised. In the midst of the storm, I'm going to praise him. In the midst of the trial, I'm going to praise him. In the midst of the tribulation, I'm going to praise him. I dare you to give up on God. He didn't give up on you. He didn't give up on you. He didn't give up on you. Don't question whether or not he loves you, but rather take a look at your faith and say, where's my faith? Where, where is my shield? And you pick up that shield of faith and you say, Satan, that you are a liar from the pit of hell. 
Tell them to stop it and shove it. What, what, what could this church be? If we determined that we are going to meet life storms with concrete faith. What could God do in the midst of this community if we held each other accountable during our storms and we came graciously aside each other and say, Brother Pastor, I know you're suffering. I know things aren't looking good for you, but, but put up your, your, your shield of faith. Put up your concrete faith. What, what could we do? What could God do in this community if we believe that he is who he said he is? If we believe that he is the God of the storm. Let us pray. Gracious Father, you are so good to us. Help us not to stop pedaling. Help us to keep going even in the midst of of what seems to be hell. Help us to place our faith in you and you alone. Help us not to cope and not to settle, but help us to stand firm and say, God, you said in your word that if we speak to the mountain, that it will be removed. And I speak right now in the name of Jesus I speak in the life of my child. I speak in the life of my spouse. I speak in the life of my co-workers. I speak in the life of my friends. Because you said I could. In the awesome, magnificent name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.